We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helpin. Hey, folks, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the September 21st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fanball. Derek Van Riper's here with me again. We're going to catch you up on the last minute news, notes, injuries, all that stuff to get you ready for the weekend. And just so you know, for context, we're a little after 4 o'clock Eastern starting this off today. So, uh, Baker Mayfield, we are all witnesses, Derek. All of us. We are. Uh, I was a witness on tape delay or just this morning. I just watched the game this morning in its 35-minute form because I couldn't bring myself to commit to three hours of Jets-Browns. I just I couldn't do it. I, I don't I, – I could not do that. I, I don't know why, but I watched every snap this morning and – you know, came away pretty impressed. Uh, Carlos Hyde punched in the two touchdowns, so it wasn't a, a monster performance from Mayfield from a fantasy perspective. No one was starting him anyway since Tyrod Taylor started. But the, the stark contrast in his ability to hit the target he is aiming for compared to Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. probably made him look even better than he really is. Like, he's he's good. But I think Taylor being 4 of 14 and 
missing Antonio Callaway on a sure touchdown, like a long touchdown early in that game. Uh, all those little things kind of added up to make Mayfield look even better last night. Yep, he was terrific. And the thing is, not not just hit the balls in the windows he threw into, but to actually choose to throw to some of them, which Tyrod seems to not do. That he he sort of shy. He's he's such a he, he he's so risk averse seemingly that it's just, it's that that's the hard part watching him and Mayfield. That that's just I mean the pass he threw to Landry near the goal line. It was you know there was a guy all over him. And he just threw it in a perfect. Actually, it was a little tiny bit off, but good enough. But yeah, you know, th- throwing to different tight windows, it's going to cost you sometimes. But you know what? That's okay. Make a play, right? Yeah, and there was that longer throw to Landry he made where he basically threw the ball at the back of the defender's head, and Landry just came back and got it. I mean, Tyrod Taylor just doesn't choose to make that throw. I mean, he might accidentally throw it there, but he's not not by design throwing a laser that a guy is going to come back to like that. So. The Browns just, they're, they're going to have a different feel, different swagger to them. I know Hugh Jackson said he has to watch the tape before he decides. Maybe that's just being kind to his starting quarterback who yeah. left the game with a concussion. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bad way to lose the job. But before that injury, Taylor was playing poorly enough where you kind of wondered if maybe to begin the second half, Mayfield was going to take over anyway. Right. All right, folks, um, check us out on Twitter. Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at jhuppin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get the player updates at Rotowire NFL, and we've got plenty of stuff on Facebook. Um, Tim, Tim told me he's doing a Q&A in the, on Sunday morning, right? I think that's I believe it. so, yeah. yes. Okay, not the videos on Facebook Lives like last year. Okay, let's get to some injuries. Dalvin Cook is out. Which seems to me, it's funny, he said cramp last week and then he missed every practice this week or was limited today or something. But but him being out, that struck me as, you know what, it's the Bills, so let's sit him out and get him ready for the Rams, pretty much. I I think Delvin Cook, uh, as our buddy Mario Puig pointed out to me on the XM show today, he's had hamstring trouble going back to Florida State. Uh, so it's not new. That said, I don't know if if every player knows the feeling, the difference between you know an actual strain versus a cramp. Uh, so it could just be the Vikings being extra careful. It probably is because they can they can beat Buffalo without Delvin Cook. Latavius Murray is a, a competent backup. He becomes a very strong play in DFS, especially in cash games. But even in tournaments, I think there's going to be some other cheap backs to pull attention away. And it's going to free up a lot of money for your very high-end pieces that you might want this week. You know, if you're paying up for Mahomes, uh, if you want to have Kamara as your other running back, Latavius Murray makes that possible. And from a season-long perspective, I, I think you know he's not quite an RB1, but he's probably an easy top 20 running back this week with a lot of carries against a very soft Bills defense. And the Vikings, you know, favored by 16.5 or 17, depending on where you look. All right. I actually have... Murray ranked as my RB10. So, so he's an RB1 on your list. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, I figured this game, the, the odds of him getting a touchdown and running for 80 yards are pretty darn high, I would think. Yeah. I, I would say both of those things are, are very likely to happen. The game script is so favorable for the Vikings to be running like crazy that you, you look at Murray and you say, you know, high teens and carries kind of seems like the floor and low to mid 20s seems like it's within reach this week uh, I don't really know how they see their other depth running backs we don't really know a lot about Mike Boone and Rock Thomas so I'm I'm looking at those guys and thinking well it's, it's probably just the Latavius Murray show this week 
And the thing that Scott and I were talking about yesterday is that, you know, with the Saints-Falcons game, the Chiefs-Niners game, uh, those two being on the main slate, and then, of course, you're playing a bigger DFS slate. You've got Pats-Lions uh, for Sunday night, and you've got Bucks steelers for Monday night. You've got all these really high over-under games. Would the Vikings end up being a little bit overlooked from a, a stack standpoint? I mean, Kirk Cousins especially, if you're looking at the Vikings as heavy favorites, you're reducing the volume for him. But if he comes out and throws th- three TD passes mm-hmm. and no one has him, that could be a pretty nice tournament sort of play. I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of wondering if they're, if Minnesota's offense is the, the team that gets ignored, even though the implied totals are so clear that they're going to score a lot. I think that's a good point. Um, because you, when you think about a – you look at a team with a 16-17 point as a favorite, you think of the runners more than the quarterbacks and the receivers, I think. So – um, that's a really good point. Also, to, to back to Latavius, I'm just looking at DraftKings right now. Latavius, 5,800. Just remember, nice play. Everybody's going to have him. Everybody. And 5,800 is not cheap, cheap. It's, you know, it's not elite, but it's not you know, bargain basement either. No, like Corey Clement, we'll probably talk about him. Like He's actually a lot cheaper, especially on DraftKings. Right. Okay, next up. Uh, speaking of Corey Clement, uh, Ajay and Sproles are both out. Clement listed as questionable, but expected to play. This is, last week he shared some carries with Smallwood, right? So is Clement as, as much of a slam dunk as he appears to be? I think because the price is so low, he is. But I think it would be foolish to assume that he gets as many touches or is likely to get as many touches as Latavius Murray. And because of the way the Eagles rotate personnel. Uh, yeah, Wendell Smallwood, seven carries, 28 yards. Did have a target in the passing game last week, too. Uh, they activated Josh Adams from the practice squad. Don't know if he's going to be active or how involved he's going to be. I know as a prospect, he's a guy that our, our college guys, you know, Mario and John McKechnie, both really like. So maybe there's a little bit more in terms of obstructions to Corey Clement getting the full share of the backfield touches by comparison. But you're also getting more of a discount. And I keep wondering, we talked about Carson Wentz yesterday. Is this going to be a little less of Carson Wentz than what we were seeing before he suffered that ACL injury last season? You know, Noel Sean Jeffrey, uh, Ajayi not being there, I don't think that matters as much because they, they didn't have him for the first half of last season. But I just wonder if the absence of Jeffrey in particular really kind of limits how much they throw the ball and in a matchup where they should have a lead and be able to protect that lead throughout the second half. All right. Um, I agree with you there. That that I'm not Wentz's Wentz's lack of weapons is a little alarming. Um, Marlon Mack out again for the Colts. Any interest in in Wilkins backing him up against the Eagles? Not much here. I mean, you know, I guess there's circumstances where you'd have to play a guy like that, but you'd rather not. Probably okay as like a flex in a season long league, but not a guy that I trust enough for even tournament usage right now in DFS. Yeah. All right, um, Jack Doyle also out. That makes Eric Ebron probably raises Eric Ebron's volume, you would think? Definitely. I mean, I think those two could maybe even coexist a lot of weeks. So I, I think when you look at Ebron as a tournament tight end, that is absolutely a possibility. If you think the Eagles are going to hold a lead, you know, be up seven, up 10 throughout, that means Andrew Luck's going to have to air it out. Luck's not really taking as many shots downfield as he did pre injury. Maybe he gets to that point in the next few weeks. But until he does, you have to think the short and intermediate passing game gets plenty of volume. And having only one of those tight ends available 
certainly makes that situation more interesting. So yeah, Eric Ebron, stock way up for this week. All right. So uh, I'm looking at the team trends page in Rotowire. So Doyle played just about every snap. Ebron was on the field the first week, 45%, second week, 28%. So now if maybe they bring another tight end in to block some, but Ebron probably gets busier, as Derek said. Okay. The other injuries uh, we just want to mention listed as questionable, which could you, you, doesn't mean what it used to, as we've talked about before. Fournette's questionable. Sounds like he's going to play. LaShawn McCoy questionable. Sounds like he's going to play. Marcus Mariota, I would not trust that one one bit. I would love to. If if I had Corey Davis or Derrick Henry, um, just because I think that the, the Titans will get blown out, but more likely to get blown out if Mariota doesn't play, I would, I would wait on that news. I would have a backup plan ready because I, I, I do not trust for a second that Mariota is going to play based on what we've heard from him this week. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it, right? He's still having trouble feeling his fingers, so yeah. it's at least another week away. And even if he's out there at less than 100% against that defense, you don't really expect him to do all that much. I think Tennessee is one of the easiest offenses to ignore completely this week from a DFS perspective and a season-long context. Maybe Deion Lewis in PPR leagues ends up being okay because he gets a decent share of the carries, and uh, they're going to have to do something to keep the Jags pass rush from teeing off on, on Blaine Gabbert. So dumping the ball off to Deion Lewis is probably part of that solution. All right. And uh, the Titans should get their tackles back. But yeah, the thing about Mariota, there's been some encouraging news this week from there saying things are getting better all the time. But like you said, the issue is, you know, yeah, well, I can kind of almost grip the ball the right way. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Doesn't help like, me. Almost being able to grip the ball does not give me a lot of confidence. That they're going to go into Jacksonville. Yeah. And, and threaten to do anything against that defense. Uh, the other one, Marquise Goodwin for the Niners. Game time decision, apparently. And you should keep an eye on that one if you owe Marquise Goodwin because that projects to be a shootout in Kansas City. Remember, the Chiefs, as good as they've been, the defense is bad. You would, you would like to start Marquise Goodwin this week, everybody. Speaking of starting a receiver, if you have Josh Gordon, what are you doing Sunday? It's, it's a complete hypothetical for me because I don't have him anywhere. I would not plan on playing him. I, I know everything is still sounding very positive and you know, he's, he's there to learn or he's, he's, he's shown an interest in learning according to Tom Brady. Great. I mean, that's, that's awesome. I hope Josh Gordon puts it all together. But I think it's really hard to step in within a week and to come out and, and play a lot right away that first Sunday. So if he's out there for 20, 25 snaps, you know, that's... That's interesting, but at the same time, just about anybody on your bench is going to play more than that. And we still have to look at this team. You know, Gronk has that ankle injury, but he's supposed to play. Hogan's out there. You know, they've they've got other weapons right now too, so they don't necessarily have to force feed Josh Gordon if he's not up to speed with the playbook and and with the system yet. All right, so I'm going to give you my situation. I have him in fishbowl. Because I figured swing for the fences in a 900 team league or whatever it is, right? That's a good idea. So I have eight starters between running back. Is it eight between running back and wide receiver? Or is it nine? I think it's, it's it could, eight, I think. It's eight. I, two my team is so right? weird that I, I play five receivers, two running backs, and a tight end in that league. All right. Here's, here's the guys I have starting right now. Running back, I have David Johnson, Clement, Tariq Cohen. Wide receiver, I have Keenan Allen, 
Juju, Watkins, Amendola, Josh Doxson. Is Josh Gordon going in? Mm, over Doxson or Amendola? I, you know, I want to play him over one of those guys, and I'm just not sure exactly which one. Like, Doxson only has five catches through two games. Did get seven targets against the Colts, so... He's Maybe on the field are, all the time. He's out there a lot, and and the Packers are probably without Kevin King. And once Kevin King left that game against Minnesota, that's when the Vikings started making some big plays through the air. Uh, Amendola, it's such a low, low ceiling guy, right? I, I I think I'd play Doxon and Gordon, and I'd sit Amendola down. Yeah, and this is not PPR, so... Right, um, it's first downs. I think you get those, but right. he, even, even that, Amendola, it's like... Second and eight, catch for six. Okay, third and two, they're going to go somewhere else. Like it's it's not it's not yeah. good. All right, so that was my but but it, so basically, you're telling people in a if you're doing two wide receivers and a flex, you're out on Josh Gordon. Yeah, and in, in most situations, you're you're just not really going to look at that and say that's that's my best option. Yeah. I mean, officially. I think he's questionable on the injury report, right? I th- I, I'm not sure. With that sound, hamstring sounds injury. Sounds like he's going to be in there. From the hype video. Right. <laughs> he was shooting a hype video at the Browns practice facility after practice. He, he had permission and everything, it seems like. And he was sprinting too fast in the hype video and, and tweaked his hamstring. And that was it. That was, that was the end of the Josh Gordon era. Of all the things to be the end of the Josh Gordon era, it was that. They... I, okay, so the the Browns, like everyone, kind of knows someone or has known someone that is really sloppy about like keeping their fly zipped all the time. Like the Browns are kind of that person. Like you just you're like come on, clean it up. Like that that's just the Browns, right? They they don't have it put together. So they're the the last straw for them. Them giving up on Josh Gordon only makes me think that everybody else being interested is right to be interested Probably and that they're true, wrong yeah. to have lost interest. Yeah, I know what you're saying. All right. Um, you mentioned the Packers defense. So speaking of them, looking for some streamers on defense. I mean, the th- thing is the top ranked defenses this week are all pretty chalky. You've got, you know, the Vikings and the Jags and the Bears and probably the Texans against Eli. You know, it's a, it's a lot of defenses up near the top that are pretty highly owned. You know, Ravens, Rams, people like that. Any anyone that's down near the bottom, under fifty percent owned. I'm looking at Yahoo. I'm going to rattle off a few for you. Packers, who you mentioned, without Kevin King, possibly right. Twenty eight percent on Yahoo at Washington. We got the Cowboys at twenty seven percent sack sack happy against a bad line uh, against Seattle at Seattle. You got the Dolphins at the... I don't know why I want to pick on the Raiders. It's not like Derek Carr gets sacked all the time and throws a million interceptions, but, you know, they're 21% owned. They're at home. The Raiders aren't that good. And what about the Redskins? I mean, you'd, ha- you'd have to be... If you really thought Aaron Rodgers was hobbled, could you consider the Redskins? I mean, th- those are the names at the bottom. None very appealing, I got to say. I think Dallas kind of wins there yeah. because the Seahawks have allowed 12 sacks already in their first two games. Uh, Wilson's thrown three picks. They do have the the early makings of a team that could turn into a dysfunctional group, depending on how things go. I mean, the the Brian Schottenheimer question is a fair question. I I kind of played devil's advocate and said, well, he didn't really have any talent with the Rams, but 
He has a little more talent now, even though he's got a bad offensive line. I think Seattle has some legitimate issues, and I think Dallas can expose those issues. So from the defenses you mentioned, Dallas is the most appealing, even though they have to go on the road to Seattle. I think I agree with you on that one. Okay, folks, let's talk about the new daily fantasy site Fanball for a second. The number one issue I hear from people who try DFS is that it's almost impossible to win for the casual player. Too many sharks out there with 150 lineups, and you basically have no shot if you want to play a lineup or two for fun. That's where Fanball comes in. If the name rings a bell, it's the same folks behind the season-long site from back in the day. Paul Charchian, who happens to be president of the Fantasy Sports Trade Association, and as Derek pointed out to me yesterday, there is a tournament on Fanball right now called Take Me to Charge. So if you want to get in, there you go. People aren't going to have 150 entries in that one. Um, he's brought back the Fanball name, this time as a DFS site, and he's looking to level the playing field by enforcing low entry limits. In fact, I'm looking at that lobby right now, like I said, and the most lineups anyone can have in a contest is 10. That is a huge difference maker. Plus, they have snake drafts, which are a lot of fun, and I'm told auctions are coming very soon as well. Head over to fanball.com slash rotowire, sign up, and make a deposit of at least $10, and we will give you a six-month membership to rotowire. Again, that's fanball.com slash Rotowire. All right. Derek, we're going to break glass in case of emergency right now. Oh, no. I had Marcus Mariota as my second quarterback. I need somebody. Someone who's available. Who am I going to get? Who's your first? If, if I mean, like, if Mariota's your second, you must have a good first, right? I guess. I don't know. Is Mariota a good second? I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you, like, went Wentz and Mariota and, and all that. You would have picked up like Fitzpatrick or something. But, yeah. All right. We're breaking the glass. All right. Emergency. Low level. You got anybody in mind? Who do you like that nobody else likes? Who do you like that nobody owns? The unheralded quarterback that I would consider playing this week if I were, I don't know, just worried about my quarterback situation for one reason or another. I'm probably probably looking at like Bortles. Is he is he He's still low owned though. Like no, I, he's not. I think people people kind of hate him, but I think he's at least crept up to where you can't just pick up everywhere anymore. He's thirty. Well, he's thirty eight percent owned. Okay, so well, why do people uh, hate Bortles as a fantasy quarterback? That makes no uh, sense I, to me. I think it's like a ten team league sort of thing. I think a lot of leagues just have eight and ten teams, and in those leagues, he's just not quite good enough to be rostered. If everybody's only rostering one quarterback, he's just kind of in the big chunk of of QB twos. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's home against Tennessee and it's a little bit like the Minnesota thing where it's like, well, the Jags should win that game pretty easily. So they might get to run a lot in the second half, but to get there, if Leonard Fournette is hobbled, it, that whole backfield might be banged up. You know, maybe Bortles throws two, possibly three touchdown passes as part of that beat down against Tennessee. So he doesn't really count as low owned, but he's under owned. I think it, at least, uh, to look at that, um, it, to me, I'm almost like picking on defenses at this point with a quarterback. If I'm just looking for the the low hanging fruit, do you think Oakland's defense can actually stop like Ryan Tannehill, or is he actually a useful stream option this week? You know, I, the last couple of weeks, I looked at Tannehill and said, you know, that's that's not a half bad idea. And you, and when you look at Tannehill, you always say, well, you know, he might get me 20, 30 yards on the ground too, right? But I think he's even with the first two weeks where he's been respectable. He's thrown for two touchdowns, but he's still something like QB 20. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, he, he does, he doesn't do a lot for me. I wish he would. QB I always 20. think without, wow. before I look at the numbers, I always think he's going to do something for you. Actually, let me clarify that on Yahoo right now. I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn here. 
that is well actually I'm looking at it in a league that I have which counts completion so this could be a little screwy yeah he's low in there but I mean he's got he's got some yards running he's got four touchdowns I don't know let me look at him on see where we are on rotowire anyway I don't know he's Mitchell just, Trubisky maybe I mean he's 15% owned I, I I like that one I mean, he's he's not he's he's sort of Tannehilly though, right? They're similar. Yeah. Low risk. They run a little. It's fine. I mean, again, we're breaking glass in case of emergency, so that's fine. Which one would you prefer? This week only, probably Tannehill because he's at home. I think you know, younger quarterback going on the road. Arizona has been embarrassed in two games. It's kind of a, a gut check week for them. Like, how bad are you, Arizona? Like, are you gonna? <laughs> You gonna come up come up with a game plan this week? You gonna do something different with David Johnson? You gonna look like an NFL team in week three? I, I don't. I think that's maybe the slight difference. I don't think Oakland's defense is anything special. So Tannehill over Trubisky, but they're probably the two emergency quarterbacks I'd be the most comfortable turning to. Guys that are under forty percent owned right now on Yahoo. So not garbage time, Josh Allen. <laughs> no. <laughs> That could be bad garbage time. Yes, that could it be could. garbage timing your way into four picks. It's it certainly could. I agree. Um, all right, I'm looking at another ranking. By the way, I have Tannehill at Q- I see Tannehill QB 22, 398 yards passing, four touchdowns, 48 yards rushing, couple picks. I mean, the passing yardage is so low. So, mm-hmm. oh well. All right, running back. Anybody there? So we're down. We were. I mean, we did Clement. We did Latavius. They're on the high, you know, in the 50s-ish somewhere on percent ownership. Anybody way down near the bottom you're interested in? Yeah, those two guys definitely are kind of leading the way. I mean, Clement's up to 49% already on Yahoo, and Murray's at 53. Those guys are going to be owned everywhere by the end of today. Because as, as people round out their work days and then check their fantasy teams. No, actually, as the West Coast lunch break comes to a close, the ownership rate will <laughs> continue to uh, to soar on those two players. Um, you know, I'm looking at Jordan Wilkins. If you were desperate, at least the volume is going to be there. He might be snapped up in a decent number of leagues already. Uh, Frank Gore could be a desperation play, but I, I, I still think Drake, we talked about him yesterday. He's got like a 60, 40 carry edge plus all of the catches. So that doesn't, doesn't make me all that confident in Gore. It's an ugly lot. Like it's, it's always just the matter of like, how quickly do you jump on? the backup that actually is available when something doesn't look good early in the week. So if you didn't kind of take that flyer already on Clement or Latavius Murray, you really are in a bad spot right. this week. Like if you, if you had Dalvin cook and don't have Murray and you're stuck now where you're looking, okay, I'll give a perfect example of, of an issue I had today that I'm looking at. All right. My number three running back was Burkhead. I'm like, Oh no. Well now Burkhead's in a bad spot. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't play with Michelle and White there. Last week he played, you know, twenty snaps or something. So I might have to dig deep with with Cook throwing me a curveball here. Um, Wilkins is twenty eight percent owned, by the way. Do I say Gore is ten? What about Naheem Hines? Any interest? In week one no. before Mac was there, he actually was busy. It was a comeback game, right? But he was busy. Yeah, bad preseason. I mean, you if you had it, if you had to do it, you could. But I. It's against Philly. Like I'm, I'm even lukewarm on Wilkins, and I think Wilkins is a slightly better player. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying not to get into that situation with the Colts. 
but yeah, I mean, this is this is a, a rough time to not have that running back depth that you need. Um, you could throw Theo Riddick out there. I mean, he's, he's low-owned, and I think the Lions are surprisingly high up on the implied total list because yep. that's a, a very high-scoring game. His role as a pass catcher looks pretty clear. He's got 19 targets in the first two weeks. So yeah, he's, he's available in like 70% of Yahoo leagues. That's kind of the direction I'd rather go. Uh, I'd rather just get a guy who has a, a certain role in an offense that should be okay than to take the chance on like a Hines who's got a really tough matchup and even like how he's going to be used is kind of a, a question. Ito Smith, I mean, we talked about him yesterday. Maybe, maybe he's the Hail Mary play at running back this week. High total in that game projected, right? So. Yeah, I mean, if, if they don't want to put the whole workload on Tevin Coleman, he's the guy that would get chances. And I, I don't want to give the Saints defense the benefit of the doubt at all. I'm going to assume they're terrible until they prove to me that they're not. <laughs> and keeping Cleveland off the board at home last week with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, after what I saw in the first half last night from Taylor, that is not enough for me to believe that something has you know, legitimately changed with the Saints defense. Okay. What about one more name? Uh, 2% Wendell Smallwood. We talked about him earlier. Yeah, he kind of fits in. Um, maybe, maybe he would be ahead of Ito Smith just because there's a a slightly more defined role there. The Eagles could be up running the ball a lot. If Clement really does have that hamstring injury, they want to back off him a little early, he'd be the guy that gets the work. But I can see that being kind of a coin flip between uh, Smith and Smallwood for your I need a flex or an RB2. Everything, everything's falling apart. Like That could be another way to go. All right. Let's go to wide receiver. I, I've got one that I really like. I was looking at the shocker, looking at Panthers news earlier, and saw that, okay, so Denora CRC, one of their starting safeties, on injury reserve. He's got a bunch of two concussions so far already this season, so he's on injury reserve. All right, so we're down to safety now. Dante Jackson, their number two corner, was a rookie. Uh, he's been missing some practice time this week. He's listed as questionable. We're not sure what's going on there. I think it's a groin injury. Um, and I start going, Bengals. Bengals opposite A.J. Green. And immediately, a light bulb goes off and I say, John Ross, this is what we've been waiting for. We all loved John Ross last month. Yeah, but Tyler Boyd is actually putting up numbers. Tyler Boyd, last two weeks, 48 and 58 snaps. Last week, Nine targets, six catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. The week before was, you know, five targets, three for 26. I would think that the opposite A.J. Green slot looks interesting this week. And, I mean, I think Ross might be my, if I'm going to DFS and thinking of the guy catching the 60-yard bomb, I might go Ross. But Tyler Boyd seems like he's, uh, he, he's he might be sort of a, almost a safe option this week. Yeah, it feels like some lazy analysis on my part, but I, I just see Boyd as the cash game guy and, and Ross as the GPP, the big yeah. field GPP. What could go right kind of play. Like That's that's how I look at it, where Boyd's week-to-week role is a little bit clearer, at least in the short term. Okay, and Boyd is 10% owned, by the way. So uh, any other, I mean, the other wide receivers, I'd speak in a cash, Cole Beasley's question, but I looked at it. I'm, I'm a Cole Beasley cash kind of guy. So, um, and it's probably not good because... The ceiling is about where he pays off in cash. Um, Jerry's right on the Panthers, 1%. He actually was was busy last week with Greg Olson out. He was out on the field more. He playing the slot, catching a bunch of passes. Again, that's not a, an ambitious play, but it could be a you know six, seven target kind of play. Any other receivers that jump out at you? Hmm. Jerry's right is kind of interesting because 
<clears throat> excuse me, there's more talent there than people realize. <clears throat> Easy for me to say. But there's a, like a kind of a cap on how much he'll be targeted, right? Like he can't, yeah. get, he can't get more than like eight to ten targets in any one game unless someone gets hurt. Totally true. Yes. So it's it's a it's a hey, I need a guy who's hopefully going to catch five passes for sixty yards. Yeah. So like in a full PPR league, you could plug him in as like a, a wide receiver three if you had to. Right. Okay. Tight ends. Who near the bottom of the barrel? I mean, let's say. The easy one is Jack Doyle is out for you, and you had been counting on him. Who's who are you looking at down in the depths of the tight end pool? Benjamin Watson's available in a little more than half of Yahoo leagues. Austin Hooper is probably the more available guy. Uh, Hooper's going to get some red zone targets, so I think for this week only. But that game being really high scoring, Austin Hooper's probably my go-to sort of punt tight end. All right, you're not ready to go to Vance McDonald. Yeah, I, I think we could be, we could all be going to Vance McDonald two weeks from now, but I don't know if I'm willing to pull that trigger yet, even if I'm a little desperate at tight end. I like him more than Jesse James, which seems weird. And then uh, Johnny Smith's the other guy that I keep waiting for a step forward from him, but I think it takes Marcus Mariota coming back before that happens. All right. The other one I wanted to look at, I wanted one of the Ravens, but the, the two guys are splitting work. Andrews and Boyle. So it's not you look at them and you go, I don't know which one to take. If you could just kneecap one of them and have the other left, you'd be in great shape. You'd still have Max Williams there too, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they, they draft the tight end like every year. Or two. This year they drafted the, uh, two. The, the GM that played tight end drafts <laughs> right. a lot of tight ends. I mean, this year they drafted first and third round, right? Yeah, they, they, they've, they've done it before too. I think the year they got Dennis Pitta, they drafted Ed Dixon like a round later too, didn't they? Good. I think they did. Good grief. All right. Like, not that I'm going to yell about it. You know, the Ravens don't know what they're doing because they certainly have over the years. But that just seems odd to me. Okay. Let's go to uh, the DFS value report on DraftKings. Let's go to FanDuel because um, I know who I'm going to plug into the optimizer. But I want to talk about some players here. Let's go to FanDuel first, like I said. I'm going to look at the value number. For, let's start with quarterbacks. It's, it's interesting because the way the salaries work, if you look at the value meter on, on Rotowire for, for Van, FanDuel versus DraftKings, the value meter on FanDuel spits out elite options and the value meter on DraftKings spits out no names. I know it's due to salary structure, but it's always to say, I look at the FanDuel, I go, well, there's no value here. I know all, I know I should pick all these guys. It's not fun. But, Softer pricing. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. It is. So the value meter, I mean, Brady's up there. Stafford's up there. Like you said, the high implied poi total in... Uh, in, in Detroit. Rogers Bortles is up there too for you. They've got Bortles as the fifth quarterback on the value meter. He's 6,600 on FanDuel. Yeah, it's it's really not that bad. I mean, I'm looking at Stafford, Matt Ryan too, on both sites. FanDuel, he's not dirt cheap. DraftKings, he's really cheap. Yes, he is. Relative to projections, I think you get, you're getting a good value on Stafford, Garoppolo, Matt Ryan. Deshaun Watson's even a little cheaper than he should be. Brady should actually be like 9,000 on FanDuel, but he's 8,500. He's not on the main slates, but if you're playing a slate that includes Sunday night, people might lose track of him a little bit. Uh, it, it, the system likes luck, I think, a little bit. I'm okay because I think the volume's there, but I'm a little concerned that his weapons are just bad and that's going to really hurt him against a good defense like Philly. Uh, but then, yeah, Blake Bortles. And uh, Scott brought this up yesterday. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... 
He's really expensive on FanDuel. He's 8,800. The projection's still pretty high. So based on dollars per point in the projection, he's the eighth or ninth best value at quarterback. But think about the way the board sets up, right? Garoppolo and Mahomes are going to get a ton of attention. Breeze and Ryan are going to get a ton of attention. Rodgers is like the seventh or eighth read, if that, for most people building lineups. Right. And a very low-owned Aaron Rodgers, if he... If he makes value, great. But if he exceeds value, which he's capable of doing in almost any matchup, that could be a, a golden tournament-winning sort of turn of events. That's interesting. Okay. Um, looking quickly at the DraftKings quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Matt Ryan is the top of the value meter at 5,700. That's a pretty – That's like you said, that's cheap for what he is. So, okay. Let's go to running backs. I'm going to start with DraftKings. We have got here – you mentioned Ito Smith. The top of the value meter is Ito Smith because he's priced at $3,000. Last week, he was, what, 9 for 46? You think he could get the – maybe he could score a touchdown in a high-scoring game? Uh, he's super-duper cheap here. But number two, I love the number two guy. We talked about him yesterday. Kareem Hunt, he's got to pay off at some point, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just by, by the virtue of the Chiefs spending a lot of time in the red zone, eventually – you know, teams spread out, try to stop the pass. They just run the ball with Kareem Hunt, and he scores. And maybe he picks up a two-touchdown game at some random point. Love that the price is down. DraftKings especially, easy cash game play. But I think you can play him in tournaments as well because I just don't hear him coming up in the same conversations as the Murrays, the Gio Bernards, the Corey Clements, all those running backs that are underpriced, that are uh, in bigger roles. You know, those are the guys that get more, more attention a faller like Hunt is getting somewhat ignored. I, I mean, again, I don't think you're getting him at like 3% ownership, but I think he's not going to be as chalky as he should be right. because of the upward mobility of other backs. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's going to be a bunch of people this week who look, I mean, it's only been two weeks so far. People are going to look at Kareem Hunt and say, all right, he's hit the, the, pri- the price is worth the risk now. But you're right, he's not going to be super chalky like Latavius Murray. So Exactly. All right. Even though he's only $200 more expensive than Latavius Murray, by the way. Um, all right, FanDuel. We're going to jump back over there to running backs. And we've got here, let's see, the value meter says, come on, running backs. That doesn't say Vikings. It says running backs. Alvin Kamara, boring. Latavius, boring. Yeah, that's, that's, McCaffrey. My sheet says the pay up for Kamara, too. It, it just because he's so good and. He should cost like $11,000 on FanDuel to not be a good value. Yeah, so he, he's top of the list. Um, we talked about DraftKings. Okay, so let's stick with FanDuel now for the wide receivers. And we have got the value meter again. Antonio, Calvin Ridley. There's, there's a name. Actually, Calvin Ridley's second, and Tyler Boyd is fourth on the value meter for wide receivers on FanDuel. I get it, and it you know part of it too is that he he showed up last week, and my question is, are you confident that Ridley's that guy, or do you think they could just pivot over to Sanu for a week? Like both both Ridley and Sanu could be good too. There there could be enough there where Ryan throws for three fifty, one fifty goes to Julio, and seventy plus go to Ridley and Sanu. Maybe all three of those guys each score once, and then you know Austin Hooper gets some or something like that. But Ridley's really cheap. If if that projection comes out as expected, 
he's uh, he's one of the best values on the board, no question. Ridley last week, fifty six percent of the snaps to new seventy six, according to the team trends page on Rotowire. Just yeah, so context. Sanu hasn't hasn't Sanu has not disappeared. Like, nope. and and he, that that's exactly when Sanu shows up, and you know you're watching a game, and it cuts in with a Falcons highlight. Ryan throws a bomb, and you're like, "Hey, is it Julio?" And you're like, "No, it's Muhammad Sanu." Like, that's that's kind of when it happens. All right, now we're going to go to DraftKings for the wide receivers. Now this is the fun one. Okay, we go to the value meter. Ridley's up at the top. Dante Moncrief. Really? Dante Moncrief? Red zone targets, yeah. It's all, it's all about the red zone targets. I guess. I don't know if I buy that one. But on a, on a, on a run-first team, being a guy who I'm not sure where he falls in the wide receiver pecking order, but no thank you. So Boyd's third again there. Willie Sneed. So this is it's because of the soft price. Like you said, Willie Sneed's in there. Traquan Smith is in there. Not sure I'd buy that. Mike Williams, sure, blah, blah, blah. Anthony Miller. What do you think Anthony Miller? He, he stepped up. First week, he didn't do much. Last week, he stepped up a bit. I think Miller's eventually going to be fine, and maybe Miller ends up with some better matchups this week, depending on how Arizona decides to cover Allen Robinson. But Allen Robinson is so cheap, where if I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and, and take the plunge or the Bears receiver, I think Robinson has to be that guy. Uh, so Miller's more of a wait-and-see for me, but the the – the setup is still pretty favorable for him. It's kind of going to come down to how quickly Mitch Trubisky figures things out. You know, like I, I like Matt Nagy. I like the personnel they put around Trubisky. Is it a uh, two month thing? Is it a two season thing? I really don't know. Uh, but Miller, Miller's going to keep coming up. I think as a a potential GPP play, just because the price is going to stay low until he produces a lot, and he could effectively be their number two receiver sooner rather than later. All right. We're going to go to tight ends. We're on DraftKings. A couple of guys you mentioned, Watson, Hooper. We talked about Nick Boyle. Ricky Seals-Jones is still up there because he's super cheap at 2,800. Uh, Jake Butt, who I don't mind. He's caught, what, four? Does he have four pass catches in each of the first two games? Something like that. Yeah, he's been a little bit involved. He comes up as a nice value. Um, Tina Belcher's favorite player. Tina, who's, who's favorite player? Tina Belcher from from Bob's Burgers. I don't watch Bob's Burgers. It's it's a little weird. So because she, she likes butt, that's the butt. She, she, I think loves, she loves butts. Around. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 her her whole thing, everything's about butts. So she would it. love Jake Butt. All right, got it. <laughs> okay, let's go to FanDuel for the tight ends. Let's see what we got here, and FanDuel for the tight ends. We've got yeah, there's no it's Gronk, Kelsey, Graham. Ben Watson's up there again. Will Disley. I'm not doing that. No? No. He's going to have to block a lot this week because Dallas can can bring a lot of pressure. That was a garbage time touchdown he got on Monday. <laughs> they all count the same, but the, yes. Dude, did you, did you and I talk about this one when we were the first, after the first week we were talking? It might have been Jake and me talking about Will Disley. And I'm like, you know, I don't know who Will Disley is. <laughs> you know, like, come on. The first week, like, who the heck? I was watching the highlights Sunday night. I'm going, what? Will Disley? Now he started looking up his college stats. The dude was a defensive tackle at Washington, and he caught 21 passes in his senior year after he switched to tight end. He played. He played a little bit of tight end as a junior. He caught 21 passes in his senior year. I'm like, now I'm going to put start him on my fantasy team because he caught two passes a game in his senior year at Washington. Get out of here. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big transformation. The uh, the, the general strategy based on the the value charts I've been looking at is to put paying up at tight end, like yeah. just. 
especially on FanDuel. Like, don't don't punt tight end on FanDuel this week. Um, Ertz, I mean, it's Ertz or Aguilar when they throw, or the running backs. Right. So if you want to, you want to have something with the Philadelphia offense, and you want to kind of go away from Corey Clement, paying up for Zach Ertz probably a good thing to do. I think getting Wentz back that's going to be Wentz's security blanket. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham comes out as a pretty good per dollar value. I think Graham's going to be popular because he's 6,200 on FanDuel, only 4,900 on DraftKings. But the, the rapport with Aaron Rodgers looked like it was building quite a bit last week against Minnesota. Uh, everyone liked Travis Kelsey because he's part of the Chiefs Niners slugfest. So, you know, woohoo, do that if you want to. Um, George Kittle, you know, yes. he's, he's still pretty affordable too. 5,800 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. So I could see, it, I could see using him both places as well. Yeah, I'm 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 Team Kittle this week. I'm Team Kittle every week, so you know I'm predictable that way. All right, what else you got going on? What do we got? Look, what should people look for this weekend? Ooh, for me, uh, I've got like two barbecues to go to. Nice cookouts. Wait, I don't want I don't want Jake Seeley to to right. send me hate mail again because we're I, in the South. Barbecue is a food; it's not an event. Right? Yeah, I, I'm in the, I'm in the far north. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a barbecue, even though I realize that barbecue is food itself. I'm going to two cookouts and uh, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy them, Jake. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's just a, a laid back sort of weekend. Looking forward to watching a bunch of games and uh, hoping to see some interesting baseball kind of sprinkled into. I know people listen to the football podcast like shut up about baseball. But no, I, I, I'm a Brewers fan. So every game matters right now. They're, yes. They're jockeying for playoff positions. So. It's a good sports weekend in general, and we, I don't know if it's been like this in other parts of, of the country. I know it's like rained like crazy because of, of Hurricane Florence near where you are, and um, it sounds like relative to the other areas near you, it, it didn't get you as bad as it could have, but right. just devastating rains and everything. Like it, It's finally, it, things are trending towards fall in the Midwest after like a prolonged summer stretch, so... Um, looking forward to that too. Yeah, fall's good here because right now September what twenty first. Yeah, it's only eighty six today, so it's a nice fall day here in Charlotte. <laughs> the eighty six degree fall day. Yeah, we had one of those yesterday. It's it's like it flipped. It's sixty eight today. So now it's now I'm I'm content with um, being outside with my dog because she she you know dogs don't want to be outside when it's ninety degrees. Right. Nobody does. Kids, dogs, peep, then nobody. No. Yeah. I had a guy yesterday, a guy who helps coach my son's baseball team with me, and he just moved here from New York, and, you know, just like I did a long time ago. He said, when does the weather cool off here? I went, I don't know, late October. It just goes straight. It just doesn't, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. You, you're, just, you're getting perpetual summer, yeah. and then all of a sudden the switch flips, and I'm sure it drops like 40 degrees or something crazy yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, this is the first weekend in a few where I don't have a, a lot of um, – out of town sort of things I have to do. So that that's relaxing to just not have to go anywhere. Yeah. Even though I'm going, you've been busy gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun, have fun at your cookouts. I'm, Hey, I'm looking forward to those and uh, looking forward to a big week in, in fantasy. I'm, I'm a little bummed. My pentathlon team, super flex auction because of Mary Hoda's injury. I had to play Sam Darnold last night. He dropped a a two. Yeah. (laughs) So, that is uh, that is not the kind of output you're hoping to get from your super flex quarterback spot, but uh, trying to bounce back from that, hopefully, with Sunday's games. All right, well, good luck. Thank you. <laughs>
You're welcome. Folks, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed to do that. So take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. You can take a look at nearly all the features on the site. Uh, leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening. We'd really appreciate it as always. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fanball. We'll be back on Monday to review the weekend. So come on back then, everybody. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week three. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.